please open your Bibles to 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 8 through 13. The passage may be found in your pew Bibles on page 992. I'll be reading from the ESV, which is the translation that Pastor Wes will be preaching from. Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Deacons, likewise, must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. And let them also be tested first. Then let them serve as deacons if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives, likewise, must be dignified, not slanderers, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. May God bless to our understanding this reading from his holy word. Sorry, I've got papers everywhere. Let's pray. Lord, we ask for uh, all your your mercies. Uh, We ask that that Jesus Christ would be uh, present, that he would... Uh, send his spirit among us that as your word is proclaimed, that you would give me uh, his help and that you would open the eyes of our hearts that we might uh, know how high and how long and how wide and how deep is the love of Christ. We ask this in his name. Amen. Uh, this morning, because we are ordaining James Fredrickson to the office of deacon, we are stepping out of our study in Ephesians. But to begin this sermon, I would ask you to turn to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7, 8, and 11. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, uh, we read, But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. In other words, when Christ, the, within the context, when He died on the cross, He did not just purchase our forgiveness of sins, but He also purchased the spiritual gift which we have. And so um, Christ gifts uh, each one of us uh, with a measure of his uh, gifting. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. And there are many different gifts. There are different gifts that are listed uh, in the New Testament, in uh, Corinthians, in uh, Romans chapter 12. But uh, here he lists, lists uh, men as being gifted. And uh, it says that not only are these men gifted, but these men are gifted 
they're gifted with, with gifts, and then these men are in turn gifted to the church. So verse 11, and he gave uh, the apostles, the prophets, and the evangelists, and pastors, and teachers. And so he lists some of the gifted men that he gives to the church. The reason he gives these gifts to men is in order that they may serve him. And the idea here is that um, these gifted men are recognized by the congregation, recognized by the church as people who are gifted to serve as officers in his church. And so James Fredrickson has been recognized by our congregation as a man gifted by Christ to serve as a deacon. Uh, James, in other words, is a gift from Christ himself to Westminster Presbyterian Church. So with his ordination this morning, we are unwrapping him as a loved gift from Jesus Christ himself. Uh, this morning is like Christmas. James is our present, and we are unwrapping him um, as a present. I should have told James to wear a bow tie this morning. That would have been... Uh, would have been just perfect for the, the little illustration. Well, as we prepare to ordain James, it might be uh, helpful for us to review what a deacon is and what a deacon will be doing. It is instructive that uh, in the passage that Justin read, our passage this morning from 1 Timothy 3, 18 through 13, uh, verses 8 through 13, um, nothing is mentioned about what a deacon does here in this passage. Did you notice that? The first thing, well, rather, it tells us about the character of a deacon. And the first thing it tells us is that a deacon must be dignified. Verse 8. Oh, I'm sorry, I need to turn back to 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 3, verse 8. Deacons likewise must be dignified not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. Uh, what does it mean to be dignified? Well, the rest of the verse uh, goes on uh, to define what it means uh, to be dignified by a series of negatives. A person who speaks uh, out of both sides of his mouth is not dignified nor is a person who is addicted to much wine. Um, a deacon, a Christian, can drink wine, but should not abuse it. Um, furthermore, um, one who is dignified will not be greedy and dishonest uh, or, or seek dishonest gain. Uh, that's undignified. That's unbecoming of the office. So the character of a deacon is of first importance. And why is, um, why is one's character of first importance? Because uh, a deacon embodies the Lord Jesus Christ. Any officer in Christ's church embodies the Lord Jesus Christ. Elders embody uh, Christ's shepherding care, uh, protection of the flock, uh, his authority, his teaching, um, and deacons embody Christ's sympathy. 
uh, and uh, Christ's service for the congregations. In other words, the deacons are the hands of Christ. A deacon personifies Christ's love and care and mercy for his own people and their temporal needs. The character of a deacon is described in our passage, or the character of a deacon described in our passage, is basically the same character as that of an elder. Uh, You see the qualifications of an elder in verses 1 through 7. And what this underscores is something that uh, we might forget from time to time. Both the office of elder and of deacon are spiritual ministries. Um, In such a large property that we have, I guess 10 acres, thereabouts, uh, full of aging oak trees, our buildings are beginning to age a little bit. Uh, we had, t- we had lots of aging air conditioning units. And with all the work that, uh, it takes to maintain this property and the buildings, it's tempting to forget that the office of a deacon is a spiritual ministry. I wonder if I can get an amen from Dan and Brian on that point. <laughs> uh, Brian McLaughlin and Dan McFedron have been serving diligently as deacons through a very difficult time. They serve uh, through the COVID pandemic. Uh, during that time, we had many trees come down. All the air conditioning units, I think, in the uh, the preschool uh, wing uh, had all aged out 15, 16, 17 years, the 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 air conditioning in the back of uh, the addition behind the sanctuary had aged out. And so they were replacing um, all these air conditioning units. Uh, they got us a new church insurance policy, a new fire alarm uh, system, and th- th- it was a, a big deal to go through and get those things uh, done. Uh, with Brian's piloting responsibilities uh, increasing after the pandemic, Dan was here at the church most days, um, helping manage the air conditioning repairmen and the service contractors. And I say all this, and I want to say to James, don't worry. Uh, all the air conditioners, I think, have now been replaced uh, by the diligent work uh, by Brian and Dan. Most of the old and diseased trees have been taken down. Uh, we've got a very good relationship with the uh, tree guy. Uh, he's, a, he's a Christian, and so um, we just give him a call, and he's Johnny on the spot. Uh, Brian and Dan have left our property in a very good condition, and they have our deep appreciation and thanks. Thank you, gentlemen, very much. The tasks of a deacon are more than just the care of the property, much more. And I'll speak in a few minutes about the task and activities of the deacon, but since I'm on the subject of the care of the property, uh, allow me to address um, this one task of taking care of the property. 
James, I know that you work during the day and you cannot be on the property during the week. Well, the church property does not belong to the deacons or to the elders. The church property belongs to the congregation. Um, and there are men and women who might love to be or uh, to serve uh, James under your um, under your uh, oversight as a um, property committee or some such uh, organization to make sure that the things that need to be done uh, are are done with this uh, large and and beautiful property. Um, Plus, you have George Fredrickson, our maintenance manager, in case you're wondering. Uh, George and James are not related. They spell their last names differently. Um, we also have Joe Young, our maintenance assistant. We have Ethan Eggert, our custodial manager, as well as the church office. And so, James, uh, please know that we will serve you in any way that you uh, need. In addition... Uh, I believe you were aware that uh, Larry Gillespie and Ed Allen are also serving as a subcommittee of the session, uh, serving as deacon assistants. And so they'll be meeting with you to share with you the task and the responsibilities typically given to a deacon. So I mentioned that it is easy to forget the office of a deacon is a spiritual ministry, and then I proceed to go on a long rabbit trail about the physical care of the property. Uh, let me see if I can get us back on track. The word deacon comes from the Greek word dikaionos, uh, uh, which means servant. It's not the word for slave. The word for slave is doulos, a very different word. And the service described by this word, dikaionos, is uh, very much akin to a waiter in a restaurant. In fact, the very first deacons were table waiters. In Acts chapter 6, uh, we read about that. There was a dispute between the Greek-speaking Jews, I'm sorry, the Greek-speaking Christians and the Hebrew-speaking Christians. And the Greek-speaking Christians already felt like they were second-class citizens um, in the kingdom of God. Uh, they were living in Jerusalem, uh, but they were they were Christians, but uh, the Hebrew speaking uh, Jews were uh, you know longtime residents, very entrenched in the community, uh, very well known. And the Greek speaking Christians felt like their widows were being neglected in the daily uh, food distribution and charity. So the two groups had a division and they came to the apostles for the apostles to settle it. And it was an important issue because uh, in the fledgling church, for it to split, I mean, the, the, the relationships had not bonded and jailed. Uh, they, a lot of the people did not know each other. And so for this division to open up, to, to be a little crack, it might open up wide. At this point in the church, they are guessing well over 10,000 to 20,000 Christians have already, uh, 10 to 20,000 have already come to, uh, Christ in Jerusalem. So, uh, it's, it's a major issue 
But for the apostles, uh, it's, it's, an, it's an issue then that needs attention. But for them to take, um, take their eyes off of what Christ called them to do, to look to this, um, this potential division in the, in the church, uh, would cause them to, um, be ineffective in the things that Christ called them to do. So there, there, the, the, um, sorry, my, my words got crossed there. Their priority given to them by Christ was to be in prayer and the ministry of the word. That's what the apostles were to do. So to help heal this fissure, they appointed seven men full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom to work with the two groups and make sure that all the widows were properly fed and cared for. And so this was a temple, I'm uh, sorry, a temporal and physical issue, but it and required a physical response. They needed to be organized. Um, but it was also a deeply spiritual issue because the uh, unity and strength of the body of Christ in Jerusalem was at stake. Deacons are not required to be skilled with hammers and nails, but it is vital that a deacon be filled with the Holy Spirit and with godly wisdom. And so this is what Paul means in uh, verse 9 when he says, they must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience. They, they need to be well grounded uh, in their faith. They need to have a relationship with Christ that is deep and is strong. They need to have a practical uh, knowledge of Christ uh, so that they can then uh, be practically helpful in the lives of God's people. And James, as a deacon, part of your job will be to comfort people in our congregation, to advise people uh, and care for God's people. So don't let the physical aspects of the diaconal ministry, and they are many and they are important, but don't let them distract you from the spiritual priority that comes with being an officer in Christ's church. Next, I want to uh, simply mention that being ordained makes you a deacon for life. Uh, you'll not always be on the diaconate. You'll not always carry the responsibilities that you will begin to carry with your ordination. But you will remain a deacon until you go to be with the Lord. Uh, that means you'll be serving Him in that capacity um, until the Lord calls you. Uh, I didn't tell Jack I was going to mention him today, but Jack Holloway is a great example of uh, a man, of a deacon, continuing to use his gift as a deacon. He hasn't served uh, on our diaconate in many years, but he organizes our meals on wheels, uh, drivers, as well as volunteering to prepare the meals. He also serves as a check signer uh, for our church. And so he is continuing to serve as a deacon, uh, even though he has not been on the diaconate uh, for some time. And we appreciate your service. Uh, I'll mention David Devine since he's not here. Otherwise, he'd be embarrassed that I'm mentioning him. 
Uh, he's not served on our diaconate in many years because uh, his parents' health and his brother's health. You know, he went down to Anna Maria Island every Thursday to care for his parents until his parents ended up moving up here. Uh, on Thursday evenings, Rose would go care for her aunt. Um, his brother had a brain tumor, a debilitating brain tumor, and so David kind of took over in running his, his brother's family. And then his parents finally moved to Brandon, and that came with uh, with different challenges. Plus, he has a very demanding job, but he used his gifts as a deacon within the providence of God. Uh, God said, okay, you're a season of life where you have to take care of your family, and he served them as a deacon, it would seem to me, providing for their needs, caring for them, and... Um, and lifting them up before the Lord. So the calling of a deacon is perpetual, even when you're not serving as a de- on the diaconate. And then finally, uh, I want to point out the blessing of being a deacon. Look at verse 13. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing for themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. James, as you serve the Lord Jesus Christ well as a deacon, uh, the upshot, it seems to me, Paul is saying, is you'll become more grounded in your faith. You'll get to minister the mercy and care of Christ to God's people. Uh, you'll get to minister uh, Christ's compassion to people who are hurting. You'll be on the front lines of gospel ministry. You'll get to see God work uh, in and through you. And as you do that, uh, you'll be used of God, and that will cause your trust and your confidence in Christ to grow. There's blessings that go along with being uh, an officer in Christ's church. So this office that Christ is calling you to undertake is a an office that Christ has called you to, uh, the church has recognized that Christ has called you. We have uh, voted on you to be a deacon. And now today we are ordaining you or unwrapping you, so to speak. Um, Christ is the one who gifts you. Christ is the one who will richly supply you for this ministry. Uh, you'll not be up for the task You'll never be up for the task, nor am I ever up for the task of being a teaching elder, uh, being a minister, but Christ's grace is sufficient. Look to Him and entrust yourself to Him as you uh, embark upon, uh, upon becoming a deacon as we pray together. Lord Jesus, we look to You. We thank You for the office of deacon. We thank you for the division of labor within the church so that the um, the body of Christ, the people of God, are well cared for. Lord, I pray um, your blessings on uh, Brian and Dan as they continue to serve our church as deacons and uh I think of uh, the other officers here um, who are not um, 
serving officially on the session or diaconate. Lord, continue to bless and use them mightily. And uh, Lord, help our congregation to be blessed as a result of you working through them in our lives. We ask in Jesus' name, amen.